Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Joanna Koho and I'm your host for this episode. Now, each episode of Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and actually today we are going to be asking about teenage life. What happened to my baby? How do moms talk to their maturing adolescent or teen? And so we'll be actually speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and their practical ideas. And so we hope you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. And today we are so privileged to have with us a parent and a teen. So Karis is a mom of four kids. Uh, she's also a family life educator, a trained, uh, very experienced marriage and uh, family therapist. She also speaks and trains with Focus on the Family Singapore. And she has brought her lovely um, 14 going on 15 year old daughter Zoe Hi, hello <laughs> and Zoe uh, just now we were just talking you and I said like so are you more a humanities person and you immediately you lit up yes I am <laughs> <laughs> okay so apart from literature enjoying reading you also like bubble tea yes I think I that's do. like everybody loves bubble tea right <laughs> yes, yes. part of the teen culture I think part of this. the teen culture is that an issue when it comes to parenting I must say, the truth is bubble tea is not really very cheap, you know. Yeah, uh, averaging, true. if you yeah. go for the good quality one, easily is $5. Yeah. And the temptation is tell her that, you know, one meal, I spend $5, one drink, you spend $5. <laughs> yeah. But sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could buy a whole packet of sugar for much less. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that begins the different perspective between, you know, the, the parent and the teen. And I think for me as a parent of teenagers, it's really quite a steep learning curve. Mm. As much as I think I know the head knowledge and I right, work with right. even young people. And, and Zoe, is, not, is, is she your eldest? Uh, no, she's number two. My eldest is 17. So you think you have some experience and, you know, experience as a family life trainer to kind of navigate the teenage years smoothly, right? Yeah, I, I wish to hope so, you know. <laughs> uh, but I've also uh, discovered uh, parenting a teen uh, boy and a teen girl is quite a different experience. So my 17-year-old firstborn is a boy mm. and, and they are quite different. And Zoe, it's a lot more insightful and perceptive. And, and that usually <laughs> also means a little bit emotional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I have to, I discovered that I have to take a step back and really learn about her. So mm. clearly, even when I have four children, each of them are very different. Right. Uh, so while I have some experience, sometimes thinking that I'm experienced may not be exactly very helpful because then I tend to treat every child the same, right. which then right. it's not very fair for them to experience. Which is true because every child has their own quirks and they're mm -hmm. unique in their own way. So I don't think there's ever just one style of parenting because, mm -hmm. you know, each child needs a different kind of nurturing, a different way, you know, with your kid. Have you ever found yourself telling your mom like, don't treat me like the same way you treat yes. my elder brother? So like my older brother needed more like... Um, push, I would say, yeah, to achieve his goals and everything. But right. I'm more independent in a way where like, 
um, I have my own goals. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I uh, really I tend to be a perfectionist sometimes. So mm. like I want to get things done mm. properly my way. Yeah. Sometimes my mom imposes her own advice and everything. I'm like, mom, please don't. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah, I must say, uh, Zoe, it's uh, very independent and very self-disciplined. And the danger is sometimes when she is rather well behaved, I tend to neglect her. Yeah, and she's also mm. the only girl in, in, in the family. Three others are boys. Mm. And we had this very honest conversation once and she said, Mom, sometimes, you know, in this family, it's quite difficult to be a girl <laughs> because I'm among all boys. Outnumbered. Yes. So then it was really a light bulb moment for me right. to say that, oh, I have to then begin to attend to her needs that can right. be quite different. Right. How old were you? Do you remember seeing that? Um, uh, it's not so long ago. Yeah, probably 13. about like thirteen. When I, I realized like, whoa! Sometimes I realize that I'm calling for my mom, but she's having uh like uh paying more attention to my brothers, mm. which sometimes I do get because they do need more attention. And if I can handle it, mm. I can handle it. So. I don't need to be much of like a problem. So. <laughs> You're low maintenance. Yes. <laughs> but sometimes so low, low maintenance that you get neglected. Yeah. Yes, easily <laughs> neglected. And I have to constantly remind myself, uh, how can I give attention to her? Mm. So I begin to plan um, to kind of make things a little bit intentional mm. to say that, you know, maybe we can have one-to-one -one time. Mm. So I have come to really appreciate and love a simple technique of just arranging and scheduling one-to-one -one time with my kids. Mm. Yeah. So I return them, each of them back to 100% attention mm -hmm. and begin to create a safe, safe space for them such that I can know them for who mm. they are. Right, right. Yeah, and that's very refreshing. And, and what would you do like on this one-on-one -on -one date? Um, for me and my mom, we usually talk mainly. Um, we haven't uh, really like gone out or a date, one-to-one -one date with my mom, but like we're planning on it. Um, but usually it's just uh, talking to her about my day. So it's a bit more casual for now. Um, but I really do feel that I sometimes... I, it's good because I get that one-on-one -on -one time, intentional, no work, no voice, just me and my mom. <laughs> and um, it's very effective because like me and her, we are very similar in the way we think and right. like um, how we see things. And I feel like sometimes I'm we are able to match each other's you know levels of ah. intellect. <laughs> yeah, and um, so it's good that I have someone to like talk about my issues with school wise. Um, I'm able to go to her for validation, yeah, yeah. reassurance, yeah, in my friendships and all that. And I do think she gives some really good advice, especially with all the experience and the <laughs> training that she's been through. And it's very useful in my life, especially because sometimes I'm so like clouded with all the things because you're from one-sided view and when she gives that objective view, it's very good. Mm. Yeah. I can see why you say Zoe is very perceptive. <laughs> Have you always enjoyed this close mother-daughter bond? <laughs> uh, I, I think when I was younger, I was a bit more... So, like, I didn't really felt like I was to talk to my mom. Mm as much as now mm. but I think it started when I started to mature like with my mind and everything around secondary school that's interesting yeah. yeah most times like I think parents would uh, face the challenge of like losing their their little baby who's just mm. mature overnight become mm. a preteen and then a teenager and a horrible teenager <laughs> what happened <laughs> yeah but it's nice to hear that you actually feel that your relationship has grown and matured as you have matured mm. yeah yeah and we begin to be able to relate at 
very similar frequency. Mm. I think when she was younger, like she described, because she is very self-disciplined and she get things mm. done, um, she's actually very much on her own. Because mm. I just need to make sure that she's around and give her food, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she start to give me feedback, then mm. I realised, oh, okay, I can't just take it for granted. Because we're the busyness of life, sometimes yeah, it, it just yeah. happens. Uh, so she was saying we, we actually seldom go out because we're both of us are quite home-based. Oh. We, we kind of tell people that, you know, everybody thinks we're extrovert because we talk a lot, but we're actually more uh, extroverted into introverts. So we, <laughs> we are very happy to stay at home. So one of our favourite pastimes is two of us go into my bedroom on the aircon, lie down on the bed, and then we lock the door. And just spill. And like then we just rent. Oh, yeah. mm. That's great. Yeah, so that's one thing that has come up quite nicely for now. Uh, then I will sometimes... And, that, and that's not something, um, Karis, that you do with the boy? Uh, no, actually, I then begin to spill over. Mm. And because they observe this trend, and then they come and ask, can we have our me time with you? Ah. So then I also start to kind of give them that time right, to show me right. that I'm pretty stretched at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's really nice because those are very deep and meaningful conversations. Mm. And it is a very safe space. Right where I believe not only she opened up, but I think at this season, going on 15, I begin to open up a little bit more about very controversial perspectives yeah. and we can have very, very honest conversation. Right. And I think that's, that's really cool for mm. me right now. Very mm. enjoyable. Would you say you have, in a way, like, um, you know, a leg up on that because you, you yourself, you conduct, you know, parenting workshops mm. and, and you're well-versed in the whole area of family life. Um, you know how to broach these kind of <laughs> topics. You know how to uh, enrich a conversation or how to go deeper mm. and, and, and get your teenager to share. Mm. Uh, but, you know, for like a typical parent, where would they even start? So I think it's not just because of my training. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes my training could actually be a stumbling block because mm. I think I know it all mm. so well until I neglect my own daughter when True, she was younger, right? right? So, but I think I can immediately share with the parents out there some practical tips. Mm. Uh, I believe whatever I can begin to do, everybody can start to do if we are intentional about it. Number one, I strongly believe when our children become a teenager, they enter into this whole adolescence years, the last thing they want is for us to judge them. Yeah. Because when we move uh, parenting them from young child, we always think we know better. And it's true, when they're in kindergarten, we know better, you know. <laughs> but even now, these kindergarten children start to talk back and, and share their opinion quite freely. But the moment they enter into 12, 13 years old, in fact, I say to play safe 10 years and above. We call them the twins. Yeah. They are already launching into the teenage years. We have to begin to be willing to take a step back yeah. to really seal our mouth and open up our ears. Right, right. And begin to just listen first. Yeah. So what would be some like put off things that parents would say that make you immediately like want to close up, Zoe? Um it's more of what how they like react to it. I oh. think sometimes um as a teenager you you sort of like go through certain things in school and you have different experiences from your parents or like um adults and sometimes when you share that, you know, you don't feel like you're being heard or you don't feel like your emotions are valid, or sometimes when you go through certain things, it's like, no lah, you didn't, you, it's nothing lah. So they, they tend to, when, when they tend to like, um, minimize our problems, <laughs> and like, say that it's nothing compared right, right. to what they've been through, I think, um, it's sort of like belittling, 
because mm. it's mm. it's like I have my problems and they are valid, and my emotions are too. So you know when you're not being heard, it's sort of frustrating. Right. And right. sometimes you try and try and try, and then when it's not well received, you're like, oh, I should just give up, huh? Right. Right. Yeah. So I think both of you mentioned a few times like this whole idea of validation, mm. and actually validation could come in. You you're saying Karis like learn to seal the mouth <laughs> and open the ears. <laughs> And this simple action is very easy to say but actually quite difficult to do. Actually, especially for me because, you know, I'm trained as a therapist and I can give advice. Yeah. (laughs) And she has reminded me many times before we enter to this space, mom, just listen. Ah. Don't tell me. Mm. I don't want solutioning. Don't give me advice. And I literally can feel myself biting my tongue. And and that is a learning for me and I'm still practicing that. And then when I've listened to her, then I realize when she has fully rent and mm-hmm. she has helped me understand her perspective, when I then slowly open my mouth, she now begins to listen to me. Mm. But if I have not listened to her, she will, she will be very shut off and, and not be wanting to tell me a lot of things mm. that may be deeper. Mm. So I think there's a lot of value to, to just learn to listen first. And always remember, listening doesn't mean I'm agreeing. Some parents are very very uh, worried because if I listen and we tend to listen with a nod, then it means that whatever they, sh- they share, we are agreeing. But no, listening does not necessarily mean agreeing. Listening is just creating, I say again, a, a psychological safe space such that the teenager can be seen for who they are, they can be heard for what they want to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that we create an experience where they can be understood. Yeah. And yeah. once they, they feel that, they begin to open up, and when we want to talk, they begin to be very open to receive from us. Mm, very good. Yeah. But I must say, on the team, uh, for this communication, like effective communication to happen, it needs to go both ways. Mm. Like, I know every parent really wants to know what's going on in their child's life. But to the teenagers, <laughs> we also need to really think from our parents' perspective also. Mm. Because and we genuinely need to go in that conversation with a one to connect with our parents, right. and like we need to go in with that. Yeah, mom, I'm gonna let you know what it's happening in my life. You know, sometimes it takes a while to you know really feel safe in your parents' presence. You know, sometimes it's a bit hard because it's like judgment and then so many layers of that, and it's it. What it really needs is acceptance. Because from mm-hmm. acceptance from yeah. the parents and from the acceptance from the teenagers, yeah. it really goes a long way because then you know that you're safe with the person and you know that when you say things, it will be well-received. Mm-hmm. And so that really, it goes such a long way because um, you just want, in this like special relationship between parents and child, it's so special and you just really want to <laughs> open up to your parents and there's this one to you know connect yeah and i think um there's so many things blocking it nowadays handphone <laughs> um <laughs> even for me yeah and all that thing and i think parents sometimes tend to assert dominance in that mm. relationship and it mm. sort of shuts both parties out right yeah right like the hierarchical thing i'm the parent yeah, yeah the yeah, child yeah, yeah. And the temptation for me to do that, it still, still, still happens sometimes, especially when I'm stressed, mm. I'm faced with a time crunch. I really don't want to, 
uh, I don't have the bandwidth to listen and then mm. bounce off a few times. Right. I just need you to do as I say. Right. And I still lapse into that sometimes if I'm very honest. But I think we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. Mm. I always work on the 80-20 rule. Okay. So we continue to take steps to learn to listen mm. and we mm. create space where we practice listening. Mm. 20% of the time, we'll still lapse into time crunch, stressful, I had a bad day, both ways, you know, for the teens and the parents. So don't have to be too hard on ourselves. But as we kind of commit to practice listening, I think like what Zoe says, it will go a long way. And when you experience the relationship go deeper, you you will be, that will be your reward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds like you really, really enjoy this relationship yeah. and this closeness that you have mm. with your mom. Would you actually say that that is quite, that is typical even of, you know, your friends, peers, your age? Um, I, no, actually. Mm. And I was pretty, like, surprised when, like, my mom's my best friend and everyone's like, huh? <laughs> and, like, you know, um, it, it's kind of... You know, sad to see that mm. some people are fighting with their parents, and I do too. You know, I mm. yeah, yes, we, yes fight. we fight <laughs> about my Chinese and all that. You know, and it it really, but what really saddens me is that you know sometimes you know there's this beautiful relationship waiting for like there to be that connection and the one spark, and then you hit it off, everything. But what is limiting them is that you know. There's no genuinity. Sometimes it's all fake mm. in the front. And so I what needs what this relationship needs is genuinity. Mm. So Just you being real and yeah, being yourself. And right. you know, you don't need to fake it so that other people will see your family a certain way, you know. Mm. I think sometimes it's like there's so much pressure to be like the perfect um family mm. or like the perfect mm. have the perfect relationship. And to not fight and not, but these things happen, you know. Sometimes there's always a clash of opinions, and mm. and you know it's okay, you know, to fight once in a while. It's okay, you know. <laughs> and we kind of have this mantra to say that it's okay to be not okay. So there are times when she's very stressed at school. She yeah. has like multiple things going on, and those behind closed doors conversation were not easy conversations. It was conversations about her, her difficulty, her challenges, her pain, mm. and how she sees herself. Mm. So it's, it's okay to be not okay. And if we can allow our teenager to know that it's okay to be not okay, mm. uh, I think everything will be quite okay. Does <laughs> <laughs> uh, it include like, accepting it? Like, how, how would you deal with it? Like, if, you know, if Zoe has a bad day and she snaps at you and she's rude or disrespectful towards you. Yeah. So there are days and moments like that. Uh, so I will, I will first remind myself she's not in a good space. If I engage her, nothing good will come out. Mm. Yeah. So I have to first regulate my emotions because when she shows me attitude, the truth is I'm triggered. Right. So when I'm first triggered, I have to take responsibility for my own emotions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and when I can be mindful of that, to then take a step back and say, hold on, I will not engage her while she's in this mm. not a very negative space. I will then say, okay, I will give you time. When you're ready to talk, tell me. Then I move away. Mm. Because whatever engagement, however skilled I am, and she's it just not going to take it. You know? Sometimes when you fight back, it's like it's adding Escalate. fuel to the fire. Yeah. And I think uh, what is uh, very important is that you know sometimes you just got to be patient with your kids. I know for me, patience like... Mm. 
wow, it really helps. Because you know when someone's so kind, you can't fault them for being kind. And you're like, mom, why are you so kind? You know, but sometimes my mom has like fired back at me and says, like, what is this attitude? And it really got me like thinking, like, why am I really angry? Sometimes I'm not angry. Um, I'm just really stressed. I had a bad day. Someone said something to me. Yeah, and it's like mood swings here and there and everywhere. (laughs) And it's hard to regulate these emotions uh, because I'm still growing and I'm knowing who I am and how I'm going to react to these kind of things. Mm. And if I've never really experienced it before, it's hard to know what to do Mm. because it's just unknown. Everything unknown. And then you just... I I tend... Sometimes I lash out and it's like... Mm. Then I reflect. When my mom gives me time to reflect, but sometimes she like says it already. It's like, okay, I'm gonna give you time to reflect, but that just like makes me angry. It's like I don't want to reflect. And but if she goes overboard, and I feel she has crossed the line, as in everything like tone of voice, roll the eye, you know, or raised her voice, then I will say, uh, hold it there. Okay, this this is going overboard. So I I need you to manage your emotions now. There's more coming up in the conversation, so stick with us and tune in to part two of this episode.